Welcome to the show. Uh, not a whole lot to preview this week, fellas. Uh, but, you know, we got some storylines, some NFL storylines to talk about. We got Zach and BG with us right now. Randy will be joining us later on in the show. Zach, I know you got to run in just a bit, so let's hit wild hockey first. Uh, I know they started the season super hot. How have they been the last week or so? They've uh, cooled off a little bit. It's been um, a surprising start to the season, just some weird weird ups and downs. Um, the last two games we've, we've dropped. Um, I think this last, yeah, Tuesday's game, um, was very interesting. We, we looked awful. Uh, we scored one goal versus the Kings and they had their backup goalie and they didn't even have Jonathan quick in. Um, Eric Zanek is looking, he's probably looking like our best guy right now. Um, he's, he's doing really well and, and Kaprizov is doing really well too, but he, he's only had that one goal and it was that one, that first game of the season. And, Coming from Russia, we were expecting expecting big things goal-wise from him, and um, he is our points leader, I believe. So he has like six, five or six assists. But um, we dropped dropped a game to the Sharks on Sunday, and then Tuesday we lost um, to the Kings, and so now we're playing the Kings again tonight before we start a four-game series with the Avalanche, who are supposed to be just the real deal uh, this season. So uh, not, you know, maybe as we expected this season was going to go. Um, maybe we'll be a 500 team who knows hard to say, but, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully win tonight and then at least split the series versus, uh, versus Colorado. And that would be, that'd be a blessing because yeah, Colorado, I think we'll probably take the West this year. Yeah. Colorado is really good from my limited hockey knowledge. But, uh, <laughs> the only thing I have to add on that is I saw Kaprizov, um, had, I think it was an Instagram post. I, I just saw a screenshot of it that a buddy sent in a group chat, but, his tie is just a little bit too short. I don't know where he was going to a game or what, but his tie was like two inches too short. One of my buddies commented on it and translated it into Russian and then commented it on, on his post. But That's hilarious. Yeah, that, that, that's, all the, that's all the wild nugget I got for you. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, maybe they do those things in Russia. Yeah. Um, He's probably pretty stoked to be here and hopefully someone can correct that for him. But yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's got to change up something a little bit, you know, and maybe that's just, he's just easing his way back into the season. Um, so yeah, we're going to look for him to wear longer ties and to get more involved in the offense here, um, as the season go, uh, goes on. Yeah. And then we'll look for Talbot, our, our goal. He's day to day. Um, so we've been okay. rocking Capo Kakinen and he's been doing all right. It's not his fault. The last, uh, last game was not his fault at all. We just couldn't get any offense going. So, yeah, we'll look for Kaprizov to to get things heated up, and hopefully Eric Sinek can stay hot as well. Yeah, Eric Sinek, the, the name I've been seeing on the stat sheet a lot, and we mentioned him a, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about that first, I think, four games where they he and Kaprizov got off to a pretty hot start. So, yeah. They did. Yeah, but, I mean, not not – Necessarily unexpected for this wild team, I think, Dave Schwartz. And we're going to have him on pretty soon again to talk wild hockey. But, I mean, last season he kind of projected a middle-of-the-road team. And his thought process for the future, at least, was get Capra's off. It's going to take a few years to get the pieces around him. But you have a superstar, and we have a superstar now to build around. So the future is still very positive for the Minnesota Wild, even though this might not be the year. 
there's still a lot of talent uh, on that team and a lot of young talent. Absolutely. Yes. I couldn't be more excited where we stand right now. And that first game of the season, I think for the first two may have been a little bit of a, a tease of what's to come. And I think we're coming back down to reality here and it's only a two game skid right now. And we're still four and uh, four and three right now. Now we're sitting towards the basement of the West. The West is pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, or that new West division that they, they re redid, redid the divisions. Um, it's pretty top heavy, but we're, we're towards the bottom of that. And like I said, it's or like you had said, it's not the end of the world right now. If we just have a couple seasons here, get Cabriz off, um, used to the NHL, used to the style of play that um, teams around the league, um, they have, it's, it's probably far different than the KHL. I don't, I'm not too big on, don't know what's going on in the KHL. It's gotta be different, um, different countries, different styles there, but yep. um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. We do have a superstar and that's the first time we can say that. Um, I think, I don't know, last time we could say that's probably AP in a Minnesota sports team has a superstar is correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you could maybe make the argument for Dalvin cook. I think you can make the argument now for this season, at least Justin Jefferson, uh, in his first season. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's not been a lot. You're right to say that there's not been a lot of face of the franchise and really the faces of the league. (laughs) Kogi. True. That is true. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is, it's exciting. So hopefully we can build off that and, um, maybe we can use that segue into uh, into football because I'm all wild hockeyed out. Yeah. Well, Zach, while we have you, let's talk twins for just a second. Oh, um, sure. We didn't talk about this be- before the show, but uh, twins just signed a big, is it a second baseman? Uh, I can't remember his first name, but it's Simmons. It's like Andre. Yeah, Anderson Simmons. Yeah. Um, and he's a he's, beast, right? That was a huge sa- uh, signing. Yeah. it was. Um, I was surprised about that uh, due to our, in middle infield depth in the, in the minors that we're, we're looking to bring up Royce Lewis. He's our number. He's our, I think number one guy. Now that Kuloff is up um, or will be up, I think for the whole season, he was the guy who came up in the playoffs last year and he was like the first guy ever to record a hit on his first at bat that was being in the playoffs. It was one of those kind of crazy stats, but it was really cool. Pretty exciting. Um, but back on track here, I guess we've got a uh, Gordon's little brother. Uh, remember D Gordon? Yep. Um, speed serve. We got his little brother at second. And then we got, um, yeah, Royce Lewis, a shortstop or second base, one of those two. Um, so I, I was surprised by the, um, by the, the signing, but it's going to be wonderful. I, I, I don't know if Polanco's got too many, too many years left with him in, in Minnesota. He's done, he's done well. He's done solid, but I think we're looking to be that next level team. Yeah. Um, and this is, I think a good, a good start to that. We, <laughs> I was concerned. We really weren't making any, any moves in the off season here. And so that was, that kind of, you know, revived us from the dead. I, I, I don't think we made another one besides J. A. Happ, uh, that old bald pitcher from the Yankees who has, he's all right. He's, you know, we seem to get a lot of the Yankee scraps, but, um, but I think he, or not the Yankee scraps necessarily, but, uh, we seem to get a lot of old washed up scraps from other teams to come here. And, you know, we had that Phil Hughes come here and then anyway, long story short, pretty stoked. He'll be uh he'll be a great addition um, yeah. defensively and offensively too. But, so he's, uh, he's going to play, sorry to cut you off, but he's going to play short. Is that right? He's a shortstop. I believe short. Yep. Okay. I, th- I think he's going to take Polanco's spot there. And um, they're going to move what I, Polanco what I to, uh, to second base from what I heard at least. Really? Okay. Cause yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do about Arias then. Um, yeah. That was my only question. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, maybe it's going to be an off season battle with, 
Luis Arise and Jorge Polanco. I mean, it, it, it's fresh in the memory of Minnesota Twins fans and just Minnesota sports fans in general that the Polanco air that basically cost us the series in that playoff game just a season ago. I mean, that has to be on the mind of the front office when they're trying to build a World Series team to have your star. I mean, he really was. I mean, wasn't great defensively, but he was a great hitter, Polanco, all season. Mm-hmm. And then to have him fumble the ball on a routine double play ball that that would have saved us that game at least, or at least got us out of that inning, and would have gave us a great chance to win that ball game up one nothing if you take yep. away that air. So, I mean, it's got to be on the front on the mind of the front office when you're looking in the offseason trying to make your team, you know, take that next step, which has been so hard for the Twins to do in the last couple decades. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And, and that's, I think what shocked me too at first is like, oh, wow, he's, you know, middle infield. That's where we've been, you know, not, not like fantastic at, but we've been solid. And like I said, we've, we've had those up and coming stars that we've been looking at. We've been looking to bring up Royce Lewis for a long time here. Um, and I, I'm excited to see him come up. He's been doing very well in the minor league system for us. Um, but that said, I think that was on the mind of the front office. And I think that if I had to lean towards, I think Blanco's probably out of here and I arise as our up and comer. Um, he's had a couple good seasons with us and it's really exciting to see where, what he can do in the future. Uh, with that said, um, I think our, our outfield solid, um, corner corners are solid. You know, Donaldson just needs to get healthy and maybe that was the missing piece. Maybe they were thinking, yeah, Polanco, you're on your way out. And, um, Simmons can take his place there at short, but the one thing too, I just want to see us make couple, like one more big move at pitching. Um, I, I, we haven't, that's just the, that's the twins. It's our way to just sign a guy who's 36 and seen his better days, you know, five years ago and we'll get him and be like, all right, let's hope this guy has a decent year. You know, I don't, I don't understand our, our mindset there. So pitching is, it's what's killed us in the past. It's what's going to continue to kill us if we don't get it fixed. Cause we've got a tremendous offense as we've seen in the past couple of years here. So um, all in all good, good acquisition. I'm just hoping for one more signing for the twins and for that to be a, a young stud starting pitcher. Yeah, And, and now just a couple of months away from spring training baseball and getting back into it. Um, I'm not sure. Is the opening day uh, around April? Have they set an opening day yet for major league baseball? I know I don't, they, they very well could have. Um, it, usually it's around April. Last yeah. year was the earliest they'd ever started and they started in March um, due to, nope, nope, that's false. Um, it looks like it 2021 is going to start uh, May. April 1st. April 1st, okay. Maybe it was the season before. I remember there, there was one season, maybe it wasn't last year because of COVID. That was a weird year. Maybe we started in May last year. No, what am I talking about? We started in like July. Uh, so yeah, we'll probably start around April. Did you just say it was starting April? <laughs> yep, April April 1, 2021. Yeah, it was a couple yeah. of months late last season, right? It, it yes, was, yep. Um, and the season before that, it was the earliest. It started in March, yeah. so. Right. Um, well, that's something to look forward to. But yeah, I mean, definitely. Following up the Josh Donaldson uh, acquisition last year and now coming in with another big signing with Simmons this year, that's two pretty big moves for uh, the Minnesota Twins w- with a franchise that doesn't take a lot of chances uh, in free agency. <laughs> so and maybe true. that's the yeah. understatement of the century right there, but it, two pretty big <laughs> moves for the, for the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see how that one pans out. Yep. All right, let's move over to the NFL side of things. couple Super Bowl, Super Bowl storylines I'm going to go through, get you guys' reactions to. Zach, I know you need to run in just a minute here, so you hop off whenever you got to go. Um, but we'll just kind of go through it here. So first, NFL news. 
uh, fellas. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Big Ben um, yesterday said he is willing to reduce his $41 million salary uh, or cap hit next season. And this is his quote. Um, I want to do everything I can to make uh, and made that clear to them from the very beginning that it was my idea to basically help the team however I can this year. Uh, and <laughs> I think it's hilarious that this is just into the mind of Big Ben for a second here, but I think it's hilarious just the way he thinks. Like he wants to get out there that to the media and, and to the Steelers Nation and whatever that it was his idea to reduce his $41 million salary next season that it, with a reduced salary in the league is going to be way, way overpaying for Big Ben, who at this point in his career is an above is a slightly above average quarterback, if not an average quarterback getting paid $41 million. But I just think it's hilarious that he's made sure in his quote or when he's getting interviewed to say, oh yeah, it was my idea that we do this. And then the next quote by the owner, Rooney, was like, yeah, we made it pretty clear to Ben that you know, we're not going to be paying him that $41 million next season. That's just not going to work out for either party. Uh, and I, I just, I think it's hilarious the way Big Ben uh, thinks that the media and people just take his word for it, that it was his idea uh, to take that cap hit or, or to reduce that cap hit for next season. But we'll see what happens with Big Ben and the, uh, the big deal set to hit next year, at least $41 million. That's, that's way too high of a cap hit for Big Ben, at least right now. How's it going, boys? Yeah, sounds like sounds like $10 million more than we're paying Kirk right now, and that's already <laughs> overdoing it, I think. Yeah. Randy, great to hear your voice. Um, we're talking Big Ben. I don't know if you saw the quotes uh-huh. today about him, but it, he wants to make yep. sure that you know and Steelers Nation know that it's his idea uh, to take a ca- to, to reduce his salary for next season because right now it's set to be I think forty one and a half million dollars uh, for for twenty twenty two or twenty twenty one season. This is um, it's similar to what Brady did for basically all of his time in Tampa Bay, but um, but Brady was never public about it, um, and that's part of the reason why the Patriots were so good for so long is because Tom Brady isn't the breadwinner in his family; he's married to the most successful supermodel of all time. And he restructured his contract every year to make sure that um, the team had the pieces in place for him. Um, And I think you're right that um, Big Ben's trying to get out in front of the the media coverage here. Um, But it makes me think of, um, you know, going back to, I mean, all roads lead back to Green Bay at the end of the day. But um, would someone like Aaron Rodgers be interested in taking a, taking a pay cut for a year or two if it meant uh, bringing back someone like Aaron Jones or his center, Corey Lindsley? Yeah, it, it's a good question. And I think you bring up a good point about Brady, too, that was really kind of ignored for a long time, at least by the mainstream media, because he didn't make a big deal out of it. And like, like you said, I mean, he just did it. And it, was, it wasn't a big deal to him because like you said, he's not the breadwinner in his family and their money was no concern with Giselle bringing in tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars a year with her modeling and whatnot. But I think you make a good point that Brady didn't care. And still to this day, probably doesn't care about how much he's getting paid, where he is on the list of highest paid quarterbacks and whatnot. He cares about Super Bowls. He's got six of them already and he's going for uh, an NFL record seven Super Bowls. I mean, no one has seven rings and I think that's kind of the formula, at least to if you want to be really, really good and you want your team to be really good for a long time, that's what the quarterback has to do. 
and, and maybe we're making it seem like a bigger sacrifice than it is because we're talking about millionaires just taking a few million dollars less. But, but I think when it comes to their egos and, and where they see themselves in the league among their peers, it, it's harder to do. And, and it's a credit to Tom Brady, I think, Randy. I don't think, that being said, I don't think Rodgers has that kind of awareness or maybe confidence to not care about where he's seen among the league high, among the leagues like most paid quarterbacks and, and wellest paid or maybe most paid of all time career earnings. I think those things mean more to Rodgers than they do to Brady. And I, I just don't see Rodgers doing that. It doesn't seem like a guy who would do that, at least in my mind. I, um, I disagree, of course, as a Packer fan. Uh, it is interesting. I know um, a couple years ago, uh, it was actually Brady and Rodgers. I don't know if they're... I, I think they were they bounced off each other's comments. I forget who like went out first, but then the other one came out and defended him. But basically saying that um, that the the players union pushes the top players to take the biggest deals because um, then the trickle down effect uh, it, there's a trickle down effect to the rest of the players on the team all the way down to even a, a backup quarterback. Right. Um, and, you know, like we've seen that over the past year, few years with guys like Mike Glennon, but the guys that it really matters for are the rookies or the first, you know, the guys coming off their first contract. And um, so I do know that there is a lot of pressure from the players union to make sure that those top guys take as much money as they can, because um, there is a trickle down effect that guys down below will, will make more money in the long run. Um, but I do disagree that, uh, that, that Rodgers uh, really cares about um, being the highest-paid quarterback in the league or being the top five highest-paid quarterback in the league. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what he does. And, and I think he clarified his comments about uh, saying his, his future was uncertain after that loss, but, and it's sounding like now he's going to stay in Green Bay at least. Uh, but, but we'll see what happens. If he does stay in Green Bay, he does take a pay cut so he can get some more weapons around him and help out that defense, uh, then I'll be eating my words, Randy. I, I, I will. I, I promise I will. <laughs> um, okay, let's do. Uh, let's get away from the Packers there. I got a couple of uh, just nuggets. I think I was reading the article, 55 Things to Know About Super Bowl 55. Pulled a couple interesting facts from there. Um, I'll go through them. You guys comment if you want. Any other things we can talk? Uh, other Super Bowl storylines as well. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go through that now. Chiefs are looking to become just the eighth team in NFL or history to repeat as Super Bowl champions. Obviously, last year took care of the 49ers. Wasn't really close. I think 31-20, something like that. But it wasn't a particularly close game. And looking to become just the eighth. I mean, that that's not that many uh, when, when you think about the history of the Super Bowl. 55th. Uh, edition of the Super Bowl this season, only eight back-to-back champions. So so a big piece of history that they're kind of embarking on. And Andy Reid, who has been so long starved for Super Bowls, finally getting his first last season. This could be a tear of him. And I know we've talked about this with Patrick Mahomes as well, but this is a dynasty in the Chiefs. And this is going to be a sweet football game because you have the all-time greatest quarterback uh, in, in Tom Brady, looking to get his seventh Super Bowl ring more than any player ever in the NFL. And I think the other ones, Andy, were some Packer guys who have uh, six, well, combined six rings with uh, different teams, but most of them being with the Packers in the early days of the NFL. And I think there's a couple world championships in there as well. But from my reading, at least, there was nobody 
ever to have won seven NFL Super Bowls rather than maybe uh, championships like they used to call them. But uh, big history for on both sides of things, fellas. And I think, and I know this has been a conversation in the national media, but if if Tom Brady beats Patrick Mahomes, and that almost ends the debate, at least in my mind, of who is the greatest quarterback ever. Because not only did he beat the best quarterback in the league in his, you know, I think what is Mahomes, 25, 24. So he, he beat him when he was young. He beat him after he'd already won a Super Bowl. But Mahomes might end up being the, the best quarterback we've ever seen in terms of stats, in terms of just winning. And we'll see how long he plays for. But, but his athleticism and his accuracy and how good he plays that position is phenomenal right now and on pace to be statistically the greatest quarterback by a long shot. So to see him go up against the GOAT and Tom Brady is, is just going to be a matchup for the history books, fellas. No comments there, fellas. No <laughs> comments on Tom off. Brady and We're Patrick Mahomes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I think you put it uh, the, the only comment I have about this. The only comment I have about the Super Bowl is that I'm I'm really excited vets that they have every Super Bowl, of course, like the national anthem, how long that's going to be. I don't know who's think, uh, singing it, but I remember Aretha Franklin a couple of years back. People were doing research before the game about her recent national anthem performances and just um, her ones that have taken place over the past couple of years to try and get the best uh, bet on whether that's going to be over and under. And there's just so many fun stuff and thousands and thousands of bets that they put on for the Super Bowl. So, yes, obviously, I'm excited for the best quarterback ever and the best quarterback in the NFL right now to face off and to see those Gophers go. And I, I really hope the Bucks win just so we don't see back-to-back. Um, and Brady going to the NFC and win his first year I think is a great story. But it's just I'm excited for the prop bets as well. Yeah. Yeah, BG. Um, I was just reading that uh, uh, at MGM they have 57 players um, with odds for um, winning the MVP. Which, when you think of 22 starters on both teams, offense and defense combined, um, you know that puts you at 44. So it's over a dozen guys who who aren't even starters that they have odds for, and uh, only one player has yet to receive. Any Super Bowl MVP bets, and that's uh, that's Cameron Drake <laughs> for the uh, for the Buccaneers. But it makes you wonder, like, are people putting uh, like MVP bets on um, like the punters on like? I mean, there's just the, the roster is only so large. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that's, probably that's just crazy. Like the offensive, probably just like the offensive linemen that they don't have uh, have odds available for. Yeah, and there's definitely... A, a yeah, that's why it's awesome. I'm sure every skill player on, on both teams and returners are, are listed. It'd be <laughs> the guy who comes and makes the onside kick catch in the last seconds is the hero, and he wins MVP. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... I hope something crazy like that happens, and it's like a plus 2,000 or plus 3,000 3, odds winner uh, that wins the MVP. But, of course, with the quarterbacks playing and the skill players out there like Mahomes or uh, Hill and Kelsey, of course it's not going to happen, but still definitely entertaining and a fun thought to think about. Yeah, definitely. And the props are insane. I mean, you mentioned it, BG, there's a million of them, but do you know who or what the favorite is for Gatorade dump right now? Is there a color uh, favorite at, at least in a week I feel and like a half? it's always yellow. Is it? I haven't looked at it, but yeah, it's either yellow or orange. I'm pretty sure. 
I got you. And who's doing the um, who's doing the halftime show? It's uh, the weekend, right? Oh, it's the weekend. Uh, the weekend. Yeah. And who do you know who's singing the national anthem? No. I'll look it up real quick. Um, but that yeah, that's always a fun one as well. And we mentioned it last week too, but first home Super Bowl ever should have been the Minnesota Vikings just a few years ago, but it wasn't. And now Tampa Bay gets a chance to uh, to play in the first home Super Bowl during COVID, so it's not really going to be a home Super Bowl with you know sixty or seventy thousand fans in Raymond James Stadium. I don't know what the capacity is, but I am assuming there's still going to be a good, a decent crowd at least. And we've seen it the last two weeks when there's only. 8,000 or whatever, 6,000 fans in those stadiums. It doesn't seem like a lot, but it definitely makes an impact and it provides a, that, that kind of atmosphere that we've been missing for, for the last year now with, with no fans in the stands. I mean, there just isn't the same atmosphere when there's a, you know, they're piping in sound rather than there's 8,000 people there screaming their heads off. There's totally a difference. You can hear it on the TV and I'm, and you can feel it in the stadium. Uh, at least I assume I haven't been in the stadium yet this year, but I, I assume you can, and you've heard the players say you can feel it. So certainly be a, a lot to look forward to in that game, fellas. I'm going to move down uh, through a few more of the facts, 55 facts about Super Bowl 55. Tom Brady will be uh, at age 43. If he wins, he'll be the first quarterback ever in their 40s to win a Super Bowl, just adding on to the incredible repertoire uh, or, or I guess awards and, and records that Tom Brady has because it, it's absolutely insane when you go down the list uh, of what he's actually accomplished and, and now being his 10th Super Bowl most appearances ever by anyone. It's just the records are just being checked one after another here, fellas. Um, let's see what else I have here. Bucks making just their second Super Bowl appearance. They won the big game in 2002. Uh, beat the Oakland Raiders. John Gruden, head coach of that team, basically just took the Tony Dungy Buccaneers, who were pretty successful, made it to a couple of NFC Championship games, playoffs a bunch of years in a row, and, and took that team in in their first season under John Gruden, won the Super Bowl. Um, but never been back. Never been back, never there before. 1-0 in Super Bowls are the Buccaneers, and they'll get their chance in, in just two Sundays. Um, fellas, anything else? Um, I'm going to keep reading through here, but anything else Super Bowl related? I know we'll do a full breakdown next week on Thursday before the big game. Uh, but anything right now? We'll have to do what we did last year for the Super Bowl, where we determine like, five, I think it was five prop bets or something. And we all pick them. Of course, it's like the normal spread and then some obscure stuff we can find. And then, yep. um, have that wrap up the NFL season with our, pick segment yeah i like it we'll definitely do that bg you want to find us um for next thursday will you find us five five props yeah i'll be looking for sure perfect perfect um all right bg let's go last thing here minnesota timberwolves uh it's been ugly it's been bad is carl anthony towns is he back yet or is he still out he is still out as well as D'Angelo Russell. Mm. And that pretty much explains everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, but yeah, the, the Tim rules, the Tim rules are not a bad team. They are a very, very bad team. Um, I'd say they are the second worst team in the league right now. 
But if you want to make the case and make the argument that they are the worst team in the league, I'm not arguing that. I think the Pistons are, but um, we are very close to – yeah, we are just not – we're like a college team without Carl Anthony Towns. And these past couple of games, we've actually played well with no Towns and no Russell, um, including one of the wins. I forget who it was. It was it was the game before the Warriors where we actually beat them without Towns or Russell. Pelicans. Pelicans, yeah. And Pelicans had everybody, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, who was going to be a bust and said that since day one. Um, but without Towns, we are a completely different team. And Russell is still finding his spot with the Wolves. But Towns and Russell have played maybe three, four games together since Russell has came to the team last season, which is hard to believe. But it's just hard to give it an evaluation on this team full strength when we have Towns and Russell together and when they get their uh, playing style and chemistry ironed out. But as of right now with those guys out, obviously we are a very bad team, but I still do like watching the Timberwolves since we are such a young team and we still have exciting guys on the team, even with our two stars out Um, just the other two nights ago. Now uh, we lost to the Warriors, our second game in a row losing to the Warriors, but Anthony Edwards had a really good game and he's, been kind of tough to judge so far because he's on and off but this past game against the Warriors he had 25 points he was efficient shooting um, grabbing some rebounds out there he was I think hit five or four three-pointers and shot just eight so he's he's going to be a really good scorer in the league just like we thought Wiggins was going to be but it's what is has yet to be seen is how efficient of a scorer he is um, whether it's scoring 25 a night on 15 shots or scoring 25 a night on 25 shots. Um, But it's encouraging to see, and I just really like watching him and his development. I think he is going to be good for the Wolves. He is a great scorer. He can drive to the lane. He just, for some reason so far in the NBA, he cannot finish, and he gets no foul calls whatsoever being an NBA rookie. But it's encouraging that he can both shoot and drive. And it's also encouraging our second first-round pick, Jaden McDaniels, um, the tall, lengthy guy from Washington, University of Washington. He's been getting a lot more playing time recently, and he has been playing some great quality minutes, um, both on the offensive side and defensive side. He's been playing some great defense and great blocks with how athletic he is. So even though we're on, a, I think now a two-game skid, and before that it was like a seven-game skid, and we're 4-12, and 12 and like I said before, one of the worst teams in the NBA, it's still encouraging because we have these young rookies and a lot of second and third year guys on our team who are getting valuable minutes now because the games aren't really close without Townsend, without Russell. So they're playing a lot more minutes than they would on a normal NBA team. So I think when we have our guys back, we can definitely make a run. Absolutely not making the playoffs this year, which is fine. But I think we're around a 500 team as of now when our full roster is healthy. Yeah, and that's my Wolves recap. Yeah, I like it. Couple notes there. I think we are the youngest team in the NBA. So you're right. There's a lot of positivity. It feels like it's kind of been a repetitive track though for Wolves fans and just following the team. It feels like we've been the youngest team in the NBA since 2010, and we've just always been the youngest team. And that's not always a good thing. I mean, sometimes it definitely is when you have good talent and good stars and young superstars, but. Sometimes it sucks being young, and this is kind of one of those times, BG, and it's been like that for a while for the Wolves where they just they've kind of sucked. And yeah, we're young, but the reason why we're young is because we were bad and we had to restart. And if you can never get off the 
the, the base level of restarting with a young team, which it seems like we haven't for the last couple of years. And then we get rid of our stars and bring in new stars. And, and yeah. it just seemed like almost this repetitive cycle. What I have about D'Angelo Russell and Cap is, yeah, you're right. They've only played six games together. And maybe the evaluation, uh, not, not necessarily at this point, but maybe in a few weeks or a few months is, the fact that they've only played six games together is a, it may be an evaluation of enough, enough saying that these two can't stay healthy together. And, and whether that's dumb luck or that's a coincidence that these two guys cannot stay healthy at, at the same time, at, at some point you're going to have to say, okay, it's not working. It's not going to work. Yeah, they've only played six games together, but they've been on the same team since last March. And, and yeah, there's been a pandemic and all these things going on, but they can't be on the floor together. And whether that's dumb luck or coincidence, Sooner or later, that's going to have to be done. You're going to have to get rid of one or both of those guys if they just can't stay on the floor and they can't stay healthy. And I don't think Cat's the one you get rid of, obviously. But at some point, they're going to have to ask themselves that question. Is it that these two guys are just getting hurt and getting off the floor at the wrong time? Or is it that these two guys just aren't going to stay healthy for an entire season and we can't count on them? to be our two superstars on the floor together, winning games together, making this team who they are, because that's what the entire team is found around is D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. And if they're not on the floor together, the Minnesota Timberwolves are not the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, this is not the team that Harrison Rosas envisioned without those two stars. I got to cut you off there, Beal, because I think think John Krasinski from The Athletic put it best in a tweet last night when he said, James Wiseman is out there playing with Steph, Draymond, and Wiggins. Anthony Edwards is out playing with Jordan McLaughlin, Jared Vanderbilt, and Jake Lehman. Like, yes, you have to have all those guys healthy, and uh, at least in Cat's case right now, it's it's due to COVID protocols. But um, I mean, the way that Anthony Edwards has progressed, I think yesterday was by far his best game of the whole season. Um, not only was he getting through him, but he was also finally finishing for once. Um, and as BG, as you said, you um, or he, uh, he's been able to to be a little efficient from three, which is nice to have. Um, I think this team is going to be exciting when three of those guys can be playing on the court together, uh, or at least it's going the idea of them playing together and healthy is going to be exciting. Will it work? Who knows? But I mean, I think you put you put guys around him like Ricky Rubio, Nas Reed. Um, you know, a lot of these young guys, um, I mean, it's too early to blow it up. You got to give it, yeah. you got to give it a year or two. I don't disagree. And I, I'm not saying to blow it up right now, Andy. I, I, I'm just making the point that sooner mm-hmm. or later, they're going to have to blow it up. But whether it's getting rid of D'Angelo Russell or somebody else, I don't think Edwards is the problem. The jury's still out on Anthony Edwards. And, but if these two guys, if Kent and D'Lo can't play together and can't find a way to play together, at some point you're going to have to say enough is enough and we got to get rid of one of them because you cannot have <clears throat> for the last however many games in the NBA season that have gone on, 60 or whatever, since we got D'Lo last March or I think it was maybe end of January, February, something like that. Until this point now in the season, there's been 40 or whatever or 60 NBA games and they played six together. They've only played six games mm-hmm. together, and yeah, that's bad luck, and, and yeah, that's probably a coincidence. But if it continues on for, for another three or four months until the end of this season, then, then you got to say, are we really going to do that again? Are we really going to have that star with that star uh, uh, on the court every night? Because they haven't shown that they can actually do that and stay on the court and stay healthy. 
Yeah. I, I, I think at the end of the day, though, um, the best argument for keeping the two of them together is because those are the two guys who are going to get you players to come to Minnesota. Because at the end of the day, just being a small market team, um, you're not going to be able to just go out and sign a um, you know big contract in the offseason. I think the only other thing that could change that is if someone like Kevin Garnett came and took the team over. Um, I think with, with a former player like him uh, in the front office, um, it makes you a lot more attractive to, uh, um, to, to free agents. But, I mean, you look over the past dozen years, I mean, the, the quote-unquote small market teams to make it to the finals are, um, I mean, you have the Cavs, but that was because LeBron wanted to come home. Mm-hmm. And then you have um, I guess the heater on the fence on, on, uh, on if they're a uh, small market yeah, or not. Yeah, I'm going to say no. Uh, I'm going to say no. <laughs> the, the, their, their small market, um, at least the way that like the 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 NBA front office people look look at it, they mm. they look at sm- uh, small market versus large market based off the size of TV contracts. Yeah, and the Heat yeah. don't have a large TV contract. They're a really attractive market, mm-hmm. um, but at least when it comes to like in the traditional way of describing a, a big market or small market team, the Heat are considered small market, but they're in you know, Miami. And yeah, at the end of the day, if right. you have, um, if you have teams in the exact same financial situation, one's in Minnesota and one's in Miami and the season is played in the winter, then, uh, I mean, it's, uh, you're setting yeah. yourself up for failure there. And not only that, I mean, this is a common thing. I, I, I think I read it a couple of years ago. I, I want to say it was in a book, uh, but Pat Riley, and he's done this for a long time when they have free agents come to Florida where there's no state income tax, um, they put all the money, and this is what they did for LeBron too. There, there's a glass yep. case in their meeting room. And they and put, KD. Yeah, and, and KD as well. They put, But they put the money in that glass case, and they say this is in cash, and it's millions of dollars, and they say this is the money that if you, you sign one deal in Miami, you sign with any other state outside of Florida or, or a state that has income tax, this is the money you're going to lose by signing that exact same deal. So $15 million a year in Miami gets you this far and $15 million. And it just paints a picture of, okay, I'm going to lose 3 million, 5 million, however many millions of dollars just by going to another team, signing the mm-hmm. exact same contract, just because of the way Florida has their state income tax laid out, which I think is a great That's selling he, point. I mean, if you're trying to sell to athletes, he, come here, get the exact mm-hmm. same contract, get millions of dollars more. He also wears uh, all nine of his uh, his um, NBA championship rings uh, in those meetings as well, uh, which also uh, <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah, which doesn't which hurt. also. And, but 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 and kind of like the you know like I mentioned like someone like Kevin Garnett coming over to the front office like he is he is a well respected like he's one of the few remaining old guards left um, where you know people kind of genuflect at the altar of Pat Riley. Um, and, um, and that, that means something to have, um, you know, kind of that, that trust built in, um, as a free agent, knowing that, that you're not just going to the right place, but it's, it's the right people there. Um, and I mean, we'll see how this, this new Minnesota Timberwolves front office pans out. Um, I mean, it takes time to, to build that up. Um, but the quickest way to do that would, you know, be Kevin Garnett taking the team over. And I think you make a good point about K about Kevin Garnett about KG 
uh, taking over this team. And I think you made a good point earlier about Carl Anthony Towns bringing in D'Lo because you're right. There, there is no way we get a free agent like that to come to Minnesota or even to be traded to Minnesota or whatever. I mean, that doesn't happen unless you have the superstar here. And I, I think you're absolutely right about that point and, and about having superstars and maybe even getting KG if he is able to buy this team, which we're very pro on this podcast. We're pro KG buying the Minnesota Timberwolves, be it with an ownership group or with other players or whatever he's trying to do to, to raise the money to buy the Timberwolves from Glenn Taylor. But at, at the end of the day, the T-Wolves still suck. And there's a lot to, to work on with this team. They're a young team. They've been young for a long time. And they're still trying to figure out a way to get over this hump. I haven't completely given up on them yet. I still believe in, in Ryan Saunders and Garrison Rosas and what this front office is trying to do. And, and I, although I was playing kind of the 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 uh, the villain role today, attacking the T Wolves <laughs> and, and telling them to trade all their I can tell. all their assets, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily believe that. In my heart of hearts, I don't don't want them to get rid of Cat and Delo tonight, but. At some point, they're going to have to ask themselves that question: Is that can these two guys mm-hmm. stay on the court together? And I think the answer is yes. And I think it's just been a coincidence or bad luck or well, or the middle of a pandemic, whatever you want to say that that's caused these two players to miss so much time on the court together. Uh, but we'll see what happens. You know, a, a long season left in the NBA, and there'll be a lot to talk about. I know BG had to hop off, but he's been running a bunch of trade simulations for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and he told <laughs> me uh, exclusively that he has the plan to fix the Minnesota Timberwolves. So we'll look forward to that in future podcasts. We'll see you guys all next week. We'll be back on Monday morning, recapping a weekend of news and looking forward to the Super Bowl next week. See you guys all then. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable, but in the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life And still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good up and good times Tattoos of memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable In the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life
That was awesome, guys. That was awesome. That whistle part was really good. Thank you.